We don't do that here. But the queen rise to the top. Okay, so this is the inaugural run of the ultimate fucking casual. Who is the ultimate fucking casual? That's me. Um, I've been watching boxing for a long, long time. I have no idea what goes on in the MMA world. But fortunately for me, I brought along two guys who do know what they're talking about. So we're going to run through the last few weeks, and then we'll hit the preview for March 4th when John Jones... This is his heavyweight debut? Yeah. Cool, cool. All right, fellas, introductions, yourselves, your names, where are you from, your social security number, um, the house <laughs> you grew up on. This is Nathan. I'm currently on the run from the IRS. I'm posted up in Belize at the moment, but I grew up <laughs> in uh, the United States. Cool. Uh, I'm known as Network Chief in uh, the Discord. Uh, as you can tell, I'm a Brit fag. Um, <laughs> I grew up here, so yeah, I've watched boxing pretty much all my life, and I've watched MMA since maybe 2009. So, hoping I can bring some semblance of uh, sanity. Uh, well, we'll see if the if the name Chief rings if if it's <laughs> applicable. Okay, Saturday, we're going to reach back to February 11th, um, just because this seems to have been... There was a lot of people excited about this. UFC 284, this one was held in Australia and Perth. It was uh, Islam Makachev versus Alexander Volkanovsky. That's, he's the Aussie. Um, Islam, he's, uh, what, Dagestani, if I'm not mistaken? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, so just the... I, I missed the first, um, the first round. But everything that I saw, it was super entertaining. And uh, Chief, we were talking about this a little bit before we started recording. Like, what you can frame it better than I can. So, the, this fight was kind of interesting because it brings into the conversation how MMA is scored. I, I've watched it a couple. I've rewatched it a couple of times since. And Volkanovski to me wins the fight, as it were. And in the sort of the structure of the rules, I think. You could say Islam wins the contest. He, he he had some dominant positions on the ground for a while, but he didn't really. He never got to a dangerous position. He Volkanovski was never really in any sort of danger. Would you would you agree, Nathan? I don't really think he was ever severely troubled. I mean, he was laughing. Didn't on seem the ground. to be from my perspective. Nah, yeah, a... yeah. I never thought that Volkanovski was in any real danger, and I think. Uh, that was probably the most shocking thing of that uh, fight was just seeing how he dealt with that because Islam is, you know, he's kind of Khabib's uh, prodigy and he sort of run through everyone in a pretty similar fashion to how he did. So the fact that a smaller guy coming up in weight was able to handle that was pretty pretty crazy to see. But, yeah, I mean, uh, kind of following on what Chief was saying, there's kind of been a shift in the last couple of years, it feels like, where before, you know, ground control time meant a lot, but now it's like, like you can hold someone down for four minutes, but if you don't inflict any damage on them, it's like, you know, yeah, it's you don't get, yeah. you don't get nearly the same credit as you used to. Is that one from when they when uh, MMA switched to the ten point must? No, MMA is always as as far as I've watched MMA, it's always had the ten point must. Huh. It was what they call the unified rules. I think that's right, Nathan, is it? Because mm-hmm. state by state in the US, they don't all have the same rule set. So ground control will be scored differently state to state. As as crazy as that sounds, um, it's a problem that we do have in MMA. To be honest, it's something that doesn't exist in boxing. Yeah, but the the rules now state that damage trumps all. So yeah, that's why okay. you know if we go back a couple months and we see the uh, the Sean O'Malley fight versus Piotr Jan, and Piotr had like I don't know four or five takedowns or something in that fight, and it, he really didn't get hardly any credit at all because he didn't do any damage with them. Um, so that, that was, was controversial. Yeah, very controversial. But according to the new rule set, that judging result makes sense, where it's it's all about damage, you know, ground control and takedowns are being lessened, you know, if you're not going to do anything with that. That's weird. Like, because with uh, just thinking from something on the outside, an aspect of MMA being wrestling, 
remembering like high school and obviously the rules in college are the same, or pretty much the same at least, that takedowns are important. Like you score points when you successfully shoot in and take someone down and ground control is important there too. That's really crazy that they're taking taking that out or at least uh, lessening the importance of it. Uh, I think Volkanovski, uh, I think he did more damage overall. I, I don't think... Islam had a couple of moments where he, he rocked. There's a there's the one where Volkanovski sort of like falls backwards onto his heels and loses his balance. But especially in that last round, I think if there was if there was a sixth round, Volkanovski was going to win that fight. He 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 rocked Islam really hard in the fifth, and he he jumped on him, had him on the ground, and he was landing big shots. To my knowledge, that was the only time he's ever been on his back like that, right? At least in the yeah. UFC. Yeah, it was. Any more to add on this one before we uh, move down the card? Uh, the the Yaya Rodriguez fight yeah. was crazy. Yeah. He's, that... a, he's chaos, man. <laughs> he's he's yeah. a wild fighter. Um, so this is this was for the featherweight interim championship, and Volk is the current champion, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. So um, I'm not sure. Somebody who, if you saw the whole thing, break it down for me a little bit. Submission in two. Yeah, so this was a, this was just a fight where clearly one guy just had way more tools in his toolbox than the other, and that was Yair Rodriguez. And, you know, we've seen this over his last couple of fights where he's really, he's kind of started to put everything together and he's showing how versatile he can be on his feet. Whereas Emmett, you know, in the first round, the first round was actually competitive because Emmett has, you know, such power. But as, as the fight went on, you saw Emmett has a lot less to work with here and you, you could see him just throwing the same combinations and the same you know setups for his power shots and Yarvin or Yair excuse me eventually uh, caught him and got him down to the ground and was able to secure the submission there so was it a Deontay Wilder-esque in you know the <laughs> the way that he telegraphs his setup so much because he relies on it so heavily I wouldn't Josh, say I... that no, I'd go ahead yeah, and it's the sort of guy, he's tough and he he sort of stands tight to his body, and he sort of marches forward. That's that's his sort of style. But against a guy like Yeah, who has got amazing kicks, and can just pick you off from range, those sort of that style just doesn't work. And Emmett's a tough guy. Don't don't get me wrong, he's big as well at the weight. I don't know how he makes forty five, but he does somehow. But yeah, Yeah just pelted him for the first round and the second round and wore him down. So I'm guessing the unification between the interim and regular or full champion is next? Yeah, I think so. I think they said I, that. Yeah. yeah, I think Bulk said in the ring that was next. Alright. So. Yeah. Right. Um, just some uh, highlights here. Um, Jack Della Madalena gets the submission in one over Jamaica's Randy Brown. Uh, Australia's Justin Taffa, KO1 over American Parker Forter. And lastly on this one was uh, Jimmy Crute. Crute? He gets a draw with Alonzo Menafield. All right. Um, the following week, we had... This was a UFC fight night, which, um, Nathan, you wanted to highlight one fight here in particular. Yeah, the, uh, the main event was... Uh... Launchfield, I believe that's how you pronounce it, yeah. against uh, Jessica Andrade. Um, that really seemed like a, maybe not a passing of the torch, but just a, an emergence of one talent and the, the kind of falling away of another, because Andrade has been kind of at the top of, of the women's scene for a little bit, or she's been involved. She held the belt at one point after she beat Rose Namajunas, and she's been at least a, a solid contender, like a live body for everyone she's fought. But she just got kind of run over here by this this new gal who's she's like 23 or 24 and she just got completely picked apart on the ground and so that was a i didn't expect that at all that was pretty shocking to see and it's kind of exciting that now there's some fresh blood in that 125 pound division in her last fight uh blanchfield she uh, she ran through molly mccann who had been on sort of a mini tear to that point she's um I don't, I don't know if you if you know her, Leo, but McCann is um, she's the scouser that's always with uh, Paddy the Baddy. They sort of always <laughs> oh, fight. Oh yeah, out. yeah, yeah. And uh, 
Blanchfield ran through her in the last fight and Kamurad her, I think, in, uh, first or second. So she's. it looks like she's going to be the champ, Blanchfield, I'd say. She's, uh, she's definitely going to uh, challenge for it. How many more fights are left between her and the champion? And who is the champion? That's it? Probably next. Next. Yeah, I'd say it's probably next. Yeah. Cool. All right, moving along. Uh, just to highlight this, the highlights for this card, uh, Zach Pauga, uh, UD3 over Jordan Wright. Jamal Pogues. <laughs> Pogues. UD3 over Josh Parisian. Parisian. Uh, Marcin Prochnio. Prochnio. Gets the UD over William Knight. And Alexander Hernandez gets the UD over Jim Miller. All right. This one was today. It just wrapped up maybe like an hour and a half ago. Bellator 291 in Dublin, Ireland. Um, let's go from the bottom up on this one. Uh, Chief, did you catch the whole card? I didn't catch the whole card, no. I, I, only, I only tuned in for the main event. I'm, I'm literally casual. Uh, and uh, But Nathan, you were good up until the Queely. Uh Yes, I caught the end of the Kavanaugh fight. Um, who ended up winning that one? Kavanaugh won by UD3, right? Yes. Or, yes, yeah. decision. So I saw just a tiny bit of that fight. It seemed like it was a pretty lopsided domination. Um, and then the Queely fight ended up being kind of an upset. I think Queely was ranked 10th, and uh, Logan went out there and stopped him. So that was a that was an interesting little upset to watch. Yeah, they were talking about uh, Logan being on like a three fight skid. Yes, yes, he was on uh, kind of. It's like you lose again. You you might be looking at going out of the promotion, kind of thing. Yeah, I saw. I noticed that he's from Arizona, like me. So I'm gonna have to ride for this guy <laughs> hard. Hey, represent. Yeah, yeah, there's not a lot of us, but there's a, so I gotta gotta make sure that I give my love. So there, the first fight on the main card was uh, Kieran Clark got a UD three over it seems like he was a i think he was a late replacement because this is the name that came out is not the one that i had listed originally uh it's a greek leonardo sinis that's a catch weight as well yeah that was a that might be why it's a late replacement yeah that yeah so they gave him a gave him a few extra pounds uh that was a, a unanimous decision uh Sinead kavanaugh got the unanimous decision bryce logan stoppage in two jeremy kennedy versus Portugal's Pedro Carvalho. I only saw, like, I wasn't, I was, like, half paying attention to this one. I was trying to do other things, but uh, Kennedy, uh, when did Canadians start chatting as much shit as Americans do? Because <laughs> Kennedy was, that guy was really funny. I thought so, anyway. Do these guys have any uh, standings? Do they have any impact in the broader scope? of the featherweight division for just MMA at large? I think Bellator's definitely at featherweight. They're in, they're like quite a bit inferior. Mm -hmm. Um, Is, is Pitbull still the champ at 45? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe he'd have a good go in the UFC. Maybe, but I think Volkanovski beats him handily. Yeah, I would agree too on that. I don't think, Bellator is interesting. I think there's a scattering of guys where you think, yeah, this, as we're about to talk about with uh, Asmanov, you think, hey, this guy could compete in any promotion and, you know, probably beat most people. But I don't believe the featherweight division has, one, has anyone like that for Bellator at the moment. Okay. So, yeah, good segue. Um, the main event, uh, Ukraine's Yaroslav Amosov. He got the UD5 over the interim champion, Logan Storley. They made it very clear that uh, of the 20 months, at least 12 of them, Amosov spent in Ukraine. Uh, not, He wasn't just like sitting back cozy doing photo ops like Lomachenko <laughs> or Ushik were. Like the guy was, he was like in the shit. So major tip of the hat. Having done it myself, that takes some serious nuts. But uh, this was, like, lopsided. This one I actually did pay attention to. Super lopsided. Uh, Logan Storley just did not seem to have an answer to anything. So that that raises the question that, 
or like the the point that we had just made, like talking about the featherweights, is Amosov actually a world class competitor, or is he the a Bellator champion? These are welterweights, one seventy five. So he'd be he'd have to go up against guys like Leon or Kamar Usman or Hazmat, and those are oh god, those are all really really hard fights, I think, for Asmanov. But I think that he would probably re- represent himself really well against all three of those guys. Winning, different story, but you know when you're 26 and uh, oh in MMA, that's really really impressive. Like you know in boxing, we have a lot of undefeated records, but to get that long into a UFC career, you know fighting with a major promotion and not occurring one loss i think that says a lot yeah like most of the a lot of these guys and gals like they all have some some of them up to like five losses and they're still considered elite fighters Mm -hmm. so yeah this seems like a totally different beast so to be 26 and 0 but is, is it like a situation of him being in the uh like in to use like a video game at it uh analogy it's like your neighborhood good like you can beat all the kids on your block but if you actually try to put your skills to the test, like you're actually not that good. In his last fight, he beat Douglas Lima, who is definitely a legit world-class guy. Um, I I agree with Nathan. I, I when I was watching the fight, Amazov, he, he, his style is very similar to uh, Edwards, to to Leon. He's really similar in the way like he stands and throws kicks and sort of punches. Um, I don't. Storley is an unknown quantity to me, but he just had nothing whatsoever. He's meant to be a heavy wrestling guy, but it was Amazov that was doing the taking down. Yeah, his um, takedowns were shit. Yeah. Yeah, totally. the cat agrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did agree, yeah. Uh, so, uh, the interesting thing with, with these two guys is that this is a rematch. I'm not sure if you guys knew that. Yeah. Yes. If you guys had seen the. Were you guys able to watch the first fight at all? I did not. No. no. So I watched that a uh, couple days ago uh, to kind of prepare myself. That was an interesting fight where it was like, it was genu- genu- gen- generally regarded as kind of a close fight and a back and forth, but you actually watch it and you can see like, you know, Storley's hanging in there, but clearly... He's outmatched. The other, yeah, the other guy's got way more in his toolbox and... You know, it's everything you can, Storley can, to, you know, kind of secure his takedowns and get his points. So it felt like one of those rematches where it would be a landslide. One guy just has way more going than the other guy does. I, th- I think the stats were Amazon threw, like, 400 strikes. I think his land rate was, like, 63%. Jesus. I saw that. That's insane it, for anything. It, there was a lot of leg kicks in there, and... Stolly's leg was chewed up. I mean, <laughs> he buckled. Was. He buckled yeah, he on one. To, Amazov rocked him really hard in the last round and then immediately went for a takedown. I think he could have finished him on the feet if he'd have stayed sort of. But I, I was very impressed with Amazov. He could definitely mix it with the uh, UFC. With the top, top guys. guys. Cool. For sure, yeah. All right, so maybe that's uh, somebody for us ultimate casuals to keep an eye on maybe if he makes the crossover hopefully he doesn't end up like what was it the Chandler guy um oh, yeah, Michael well, Chandler Michael Chandler well, look what's happening now he's, he's gonna get the money fight against McGregor so it's, it's turned out great for him yeah well it's worked out uh one more that's uh tonight not too not too far away from now but uh apparently this we, we've been this whole thing just cause there's the card it, overall it's not very good so the main event for this one though is i think i saw that this is a rematch uh nikita krylov versus uh, ryan span these are light heavyweights yeah that that fight got cancelled that one i mean the, the card's on now there's a couple of results oh no krylov oh, got cancelled yeah, yeah i was about to just say yeah i just saw that oh well then um here we go cross that shit out <laughs> I never claimed to be any kind of a hardcore in any way. Uh, so let's move ahead to the previews. Um, next weekend on oh. March 4th, oh. UFC 285, the T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas, Nevada. John Jones 
is is he is this like a John Jones is back or just this is John Jones moving up? It's it's both. I think I think it's both. He's had he's had a long time out game. Apparently, this is the sort of PR line. He spent a long time building up, getting ready for the move to heavyweight. He's he's acclimatized now. Apparently, this is super exciting as an MMA fan, wouldn't you say, Nathan? To see Jones back, arguably the goat of the sport, really. Yeah, absolutely. And he's, and he's going up against a great striker as well. Cyril Cyril Gane's he's legit. Oh, yeah, oh, he's, this is, he's a this fantastic is a... striker. This is an extraordinary, extraordinarily hard fight for Jones because just well, just when you factor in the layoff, even though he's been in the gym and he's been you know building his body up, being out out of MMA for three years, so much changes. Like you know the calf kick, you know, yeah, true. it totally came around uh, in that time span. And he's going up against a guy who's bigger than him, so it's like how good's his wrestling going to be? And his striking, you know, just from a technical standpoint, is it's not going to be easy for Jones to figure out. He's not going to have that absurd reach, reach advantage he used to have at light heavyweight. So it's like, how does he deal with that? But, you know, this guy's proven time and time again how, you know, high his fight IQ is. And he always, like, finds some weird, you know, technique to give him the advantage. So I think that's the kind of fight we're going to be in for. And I'm really excited to see it. I think a good comparison for Garn. He sort of karate style and stance um, is a when Jones fought Leota Machida, he's the sort of similar guy, wide stance, throws like a lot, throws a lot of weird shit basically um, to normal conventional strikers, and Jones ended up sort of he, he he caught him with a standing guillotine choke. I mean, will he be able to do that to Gan, who is a much bigger guy physically? I don't think so, but. Jones's fight IQ, like you were saying, Nathan, he gets in there and he solves puzzles. That that's what he does, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him do it against Gan. I really wouldn't. So Jones is coming in at twenty six and one, and we have already beaten the point enough that to like in that you MMA at large is totally different as far as how you how you look at records compared to right. boxing. So like who. Who did this? Who did John Jones lose against? It was a disqualification, is what it was. Okay. He like hit the guy with a twelve to six elbow or something, or yeah, I don't know, he did some illegal technique. Okay, so didn't exactly lose. No. <clears throat> so for all intents and purposes, John Jones is coming into this undefeated, and yeah, to be twenty-seven and zero, or tw- we could just say twenty-six and zero, even that's still pretty ridiculous. He's fought absolutely legit guys on his record. He, he he doesn't have a padded record in in the UFC. Yeah. He's fought killer after killer after killer. So he's Floyd Mayweather, not a Zerdo Ramirez. <laughs> yeah, he's <laughs> absolutely lost slides. Yeah. yeah, yeah, makes sense. John Jones, like the name, I ha- there's name recognition. That's this dude's a crossover star. Uh, I'm actually I don't even know anything about these guys. Well, a little bit about John Jones, but. Knowing what, what I know Valentina? now, yeah, I do know her name, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, twenty-six and three, versus Mexico's Alexa Grasso. These are fly female flyweights. Yeah, um, Kyrgyzstani Valentina. What's what's the story here? Like, because I know the name. Like, is she like the boss bitch of MMA? Yeah, she's yeah. she's mel- melting through girls at the moment. But Alexa Grasso is much improved. And with Valentina, I think it's a case of she's going to be champion until that day happens where she gets old overnight and somebody just manages to capture. Is that day coming now or on uh, March 4th? I don't think so. I think I think you'll see Valentina melt through Grosso as well. I think this will be a very dominant performance. I'd kind of be surprised if it went the distance. I mean, yeah. Shevchenko is just so so refined on her feet. It's It's unreal how... The, kind of the leg up she has on her competition like no one strikes even remotely close to her level so she's a heavy striker what does what does grasso bring to the table striking <laughs> that's, that's, that's what she's known best she's known best for yeah so she, she's, she's coming in to get into a firefight with the striker <laughs> yeah e- yeah excellent excellent <laughs> I, i'm here for all two rounds of it it'll make for good viewing yeah so, yeah it sounds like that's going to be entertaining that, that sounds pretty fun sure uh, who else do we got down here? We have uh, Jeff Neal 
15 and 4 versus Kazakhstan's Shav, uh, Shavkat Rachmanov. Yeah. We got to pour one out for poor Jeff Neal. This is going to be bad. He's going to wrestle foot. Shavkat is he's kind of one of the rising prospects in the UFC, whereas Neal, he's kind of been one of these older veterans who he's had a couple of losses recently and he's sort of on his way down, but Shavkat's going to do him really dirty. This is going to this is not going to be a pretty fight. Is this like is uh was Jeff Neal ever a champion at any point? No, he was just like a perennial he top, contender. He was maybe fringe top 5 at some point in mm. uh, the 170 division. It was probably probably his highest probably like number 4 or something. He's a gatekeeper. Yeah. 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 Cool. He had some notable fights against Stephen Thompson and uh, Vicente Luque, and he actually beat Luque recently. That was kind of a, a surprising for me, anyway. But I mean, this is a different. He's he's up against a much different animal, so I don't understand how he. I'd be very, I'd be shocked if he wins. Why is he being thrown in here then? Like, why is he being thrown into the meat grinder? Because Shafkot's kind of he's kind of been on the bench for a while. He's been trying to get his title shot and get more of a step up, but he thus far hasn't yet so i think just the ufc just decided okay well we're gonna throw you in with with this guy someone's got to fight him <laughs> and shavkat he's is he, he's like a ground type he's got he's got strong sambo game he's like oh. i don't i don't know if he comes from khabib's like camp i don't know if he's from with those guys but He's got very similar skills to them, sort of heavy, heavy sambo wrestling base. But I think he can. He does have good striking as well, doesn't he, Nathan? He's not. He's not a sluggish on the feet. Yeah, he has. He has very good striking. So. Excellent. And Bo Nickel versus Jamie Pickett. Bo Nickel's three and zero. So this is Bo's uh, UFC debut. Um, he's actually a pretty, uh, pretty highly valued uh, prospect so there's a little bit of hype around uh, this kid's debut and they're they're throwing him in against this uh, picket guy he's lost back-to-back fights he's kind of in the same position as Neil right where he's sort of he's not a contender but he's 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 not you know falling out of the UFC he's more of a, uh, a gatekeeper at the moment okay not bad so okay there so that's a good reason to put him on the John Jones card because you want people to see your highly touted prospect. Well, Bo Nickel came from Dana White's Contender Series as well, which is sort of like a separate talent-finding show that's on Tuesday nights, is it? The Contender... Is that separate from The Ultimate Fighter? So it's Dana White's Contender Series, so it's sort of all the same thing. Okay. They they typically get kids who are are like 1-0 or 2-0, and they try to find sort of the next up-and-coming star or big talent. Cool. Well, this looks like it's going to be a good card. It'll be going... It's probably not going to do that many sales. It's going head-to-head with uh, Brandon Figueroa oh, over, no, over on the do, boxing side. <laughs> I think this will do numbers. Oh, John absolutely. Jones John Jones has done million pay-per-views before. Uh, a couple of times, he, he does strong high hundred thousands. I think this will do at least 600k, at least. Man, that's Heartbreaker Figueroa over on uh, <laughs> Showtime. I don't want to diss Figueroa. I'm just saying. I don't, I'm, just, I'm just saying. I know Jones sells a lot, and there are a lot of people who will buy both. Um, There's a couple of things we could just talk about, isn't there, as well? Like, in uh, recently, we've had the mcgregor and chandler fight that's been announced and they're doing the uh tough show that started filming now what what do you think of uh the mcgregor chandler fight nathan how do you think that's gonna go man i think chandler's gonna i think he's gonna knock him out um i think mcgregor's kind of missed his window. his opportunity yeah his, his window of opportunity to really be a contender um and the way chandler fights now he he's liable to get caught but if you don't catch him he's gonna kick your head off or something like that or he's gonna knock you clean cold and i just i just really doubt what kind of state mcgregor's game is in and what his head's in i just i can't see him coming in and beating 
a former champion who's been fighting back-to-back killers and looking good against all of them. Like, he's lost a lot of fights recently, but he's always comported himself well. So, I don't know. I don't I don't fancy McGregor's chances much at all. I think the UFC are giving McGregor the best chance possible, aren't they? They're giving him the ultimate fighter show where he's coaching. He's going to be around a lot of fighters, obviously, as he's coaching them. He's going to be training with them, showing them things. I think they're, they're trying to get McGregor in the best sort of environment and state possible uh, on the Chandler fight. If McGregor's any sort of level to what he was before, I think you'd say that Chandler's sort of tailor-made for McGregor when he was good. You know, he's a he's a wrestler that throws overhands while looking at the floor and he comes, he flies forward at you. That's the sort of style that McGregor used to melt through. You know, the Mendes fight is one big example I can think of. But like you say, Nathan, we don't really... Plus, McGregor's got that leg break as well. We mm-hmm. don't know what state he's in. I think... If he's in the second Poria fight state, you know where where he got beat with the uh, calf kicks, I think he's got a good chance of beating Chandler. But if he's declined somewhat from that, I, th- I think you're right. I think Chandler will rush forward and catch him with something. Sounds like McGregor's on his way out of the door. So why is he still fighting? Is he, he's still a money guy, right? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think money. He, he loves he loves the limelight, doesn't he? I think that's what it is. He loves people giving him attention. He's addicted to that. Well, being on TV, like hosting or coaching in Ultimate Fighter yeah. or Contender or whatever, that that seems like it would be a good transition to sort of start stepping back from the like the yeah. actual big fights. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe you're, oh, you're like sparring with your protégés or whatever. It's just McGregor built this brand of always, you know, talking shit to people and riling people up and eventually getting them in the octagon and then you know doing what he does best but it's like it's hard for him to to leave that behind he's still starting beef with people on twitter and he's trying to (laughs) he's he's still trying to pick those fights with people and he just can't seem to let it go so i hope he is able to move on from it but i don't know i guess we'll have to see i kind of admire how he's still like He's still trying to be like the swaggering guy who can take on the world and knock out anyone and he doesn't mind having beef on Twitter with people. I, I kind of admire it to agree. He has so much self-belief. It's it's kind of crazy, but like you say, I think his body is... I don't think he's got the facilities anymore that he used to have. <laughs> who knows? Maybe it'll surprise us this fight, but it's not going to happen for a while. I think early, mid, mid to late summer, uh, earliest probably. All right, so there's some time. Yeah, I don't think the show airs until, like, the end of May, so it'll be a few weeks after that, I'd imagine. Any other noteworthy news? The On the uh, Islam Volkanovsky, that that was a huge fight because it was pound for pound number one versus pound for pound number two, and they both had, like, you know, big, great, unbeaten streaks. When the uh, rankings came out, even though Islam won, they still put Volkanovsky as... I saw that. One. I saw that. I, I kind of think that was right, to be honest. I mean, he he was the one going up, and he didn't really lose to an extent. He didn't get beaten, if you know what I mean. He didn't get yeah. beaten down on. And I think he gave a... Re- he, he's the only guy, really, that we've seen that's neutralised the Sambo game of sort of the Dagestani fighters. We haven't seen anybody neutralise it like that before. You know, when Khabib was getting hold of people, that there was nobody had any response for it, and it was the same with Islam. Mm-hmm. All these former fighters say say Islam would get a hold of him, and they just could not believe the strength that he had. And it was like it was way way different from they expected. And I think at that point they're almost mentally beat down. Like it's like I, I can't stop this, you know. But like I said earlier, the fact that Volk was able to not get throttled on the ground at least you know bide his time, very impressive. Is he res- wrestling like mountain goats or something? <laughs> oh, he. He's a former rugby player. Oh Jesus! I, so. I mean, I can. I, he used to be two hundred and sixteen pounds. He was a he was a prop forward as well. Like, even though he's a small guy, to give you some context, I don't know what it'd be in um, NFL, but it prop forwards like usually the bigger guys that give you like some physical presence, and they're usually the one taking the ball forward and breaking the line, running at people hard. So, oh, so he's almost like a running back. Oh, yeah. Fullback. Fullback, yeah. that's the one. 
For the sake of humor, I just wanted to let you know that I spent an embarrassing amount of time fumbling over the names of NFL skill positions. Yeah, it's... Uh... So he's he's a t- there's people saying that there's legitimacy to when you've been that big and strong, even if you lose the weight and you go down, you still have some semblance of that strength. I mean, I, I I'll be honest, I don't I don't know if there's any science that backs that properly, but he did seem to really. Islam's much bigger than him as well. Is, Islam cut a lot of weight. I mean, there's you know there was the rumors of the IV that he used apparently that came out. He cuts a lot of weight. Islam, I reckon he was nearly 180 in the cage. I'd imagine I'm fine that. That's so, what I've heard as well. He has an insane weight cut. He looked absolutely fucked at the weigh-ins. He looked so drained. Even in the fight as well, I don't really think he looked himself. That's the crazy thing about UFC, though. You see this a lot more than in boxing because there's fewer divisions, so people have to decide, you know, do I want to hang it with the, the bigger guys? And the answer is usually no. You know, they, and so they'll have some insane weight cut. But the result of that is you have a much bigger guy than what's listed on the, the weight class. Pereira, apparently. Apparently Pereira weighs 220 in the cage on fight night. When, like, when he thought, hell? is he? He's cutting down to 185. I mean... <laughs> 35 insane. pounds rehydration. To, to give you some sort of semblance as well, Izzy, he went up to light heavyweight and he challenged for the belt, and I think he weighed in at like 196, something like that. He couldn't even get to the 205 limit. So I think that tells us that Izzy isn't cutting a whole lot of weight compared to the other guys. So it's, uh, I'm not surprised how that fight went. Oh, it was um, Luis Neri not too long ago that he rehydrated something like 20, pound, 20 to 30 pounds just from the weigh-in to that night and then what, eat like 10 or 15 more the next day what weight does he fight out there 122 oh that's <laughs> that's absurd that's a big percentage yeah that, it that's is the, that's the way the um like when people do analysis especially the um, the uh, usc they'll take they'll take it as a percentage of the body weight and see what sort of cuts the most and when you're that small 10 pounds is an awful lot of weight to lose or <laughs> put back on. It's, it's life-threatening, isn't it? It can it's be. Um, who was that? Uh, Mungia. Like, he passed out at a weigh-in, just trying yeah. to make oh, yeah. 160. Weird, uh, there was a girl in the MMA who did as well. I can't remember who it was, but she, like, yeah. collapsed on the scale. Yikes. I, I can't... Oof. I don't want to cut weight. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had to. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's cat agrees. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> they have they have videos where they'll put like casual, I say casual, but like your your typical weightlifter guy who's got some extra pounds on him and they'll take 25 pounds off him in 5 days. And I mean, it's absurd. It's like you're you're torturing yourself. You're not eating anything. You're constantly going in and out of like saunas. Uh, hot yeah, saunas and hot baths and it's like the guy's face at the end of it just totally sunken in. It's like it just looks like a ghoul. Like there's just nothing in there. It's all water weight, isn't it? That's what they're yeah. they're taking out. Go on, go ahead. I was gonna say you just gain it right back. Yeah. When you're um, when you're a fighter like that and you're muscular, muscles hold a lot of water. So the more muscular you are, the more water you can hold. And theoretically, the more water weight you can cut. But like like Nathan was saying. You know it's bad when sort of, there's sort of like a dimple in your temple. You can sort of feel it above your eyes and your eyebrows. When they get to the weighing date and you can see that dimple and like the shadow and their their eyes look gone as well, sort of around where they're... Uh, you can sort of see like the shape of their skull and their face. Devin Haney looked like that at his last one. Uh, Kel Brook when he fought uh, Bud Crawford. That, that, was, that was a bad one. I think McGregor, McGregor had a really bad one when he was fighting at a hundred and. There's two of them. There's the Mendez one, where he's got like the long hair, and then there's I think the Aldo one's pretty bad as well, to be honest. I think they banned IVs as well. Where you used to be able to rehydrate using IVs up until like uh, September 2015. Good God. That's the, that's the. So that's the one where he couldn't use IVs. That's the Aldo fight. But um, if you put UFC 189 McGregor weigh-in, if you search that. Um, UFC 189? 
Yeah, UFC 189 McGregor weigh in. Enhance. Enhance. Yeah, the one where he's got the beard and the long hair, that's uh, yeah, that there. I mean, if you just zoom into that and look at his eyes, they're just... Yeah, you see the ridge of his eyebrow. You, that's what I mean, you can see that dimple in the temple. That's when when it's really bad and they get to the last pounds, that's when that sort of starts to show. Jesus Christ. It's like I was saying, you can literally see the shape of his skull on the front of his face. That's where they get paid the big bucks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, with the USB, some of them get paid big bucks, <laughs> the rest don't. Yeah, well. <laughs> some of them are on that 10 and 10 deal. <laughs> yeah, maybe not big bucks. Maybe like a showbox co-main bucks. <laughs> oh, 10 and 10 or, or disown prelim bucks Jesus want to be really dire that's that is rough we're at just over 45 do we want to tie the bow on it here uh, yeah if you want do, were you aiming to get to a uh, certain no not exactly I do have one topic go on uh, then they announced Charles Oliveira versus Benili Dariush oh yeah so that's that's probably going to decide the Islam's next opponent. And yeah. if Dariush wins, which I'm expecting him to, he's a problem for Islam. He's good enough and strong enough on the feet to get Islam's respect, but he's competent enough on the ground to not get steamrolled. And he's kind of got the same sort of character arc as uh, Glover Teixeira, where he's like, he went and fought everybody else and took the long way around to the belt and eventually won it. That, so. That's a really good comparison, uh, Darius to, to Shira. That's a really good comparison. Yeah, I, I think Darius, he's got he's got great submission skills, right? But can he deal with Islam's wrestling? I don't know. Everyone thinks they can until they get into the cage with him. And so far, we've only seen one guy deal with it. So it's really like, how are they looking on fight night, I think? You know? Yeah. But on paper and just off the eye test... Out of all of the contenders at 155 pounds, he's probably the one that's... I don't know, is there any other like really strong wrestlers in that division right now? Chandler, but he's he's not fighting Islam after he's lost his last couple. Rafael Fiziev, but it's probably a bit early for a title shot for him. He probably needs he probably needs to go through somebody like a Darius, doesn't he, to get a title shot. He's definitely a problem, I'd say. Fiziev's a problem for sure, and... Chandler would have been maybe in its prime, but he's totally like he doesn't want to wrestle anymore. He just wants to throw hands with people now, so he wouldn't. He's not a threat, I don't think. Gaethje does have wrestling skills, but he got soundly dealt with by Khabib wrestling-wise, and I think Islam would probably do the same to him. Mm-hmm. And, and Khabib, Khabib beat him on a broken foot or something like that, didn't he? Yeah, super bad. That was his last fight, wasn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. Khabib. He uh, apparently had a really bad weight cut for that fight. Yeah, you, yeah, you, that that ties in. Yeah, he couldn't run, I don't think, so he couldn't lose weight on the treadmill that way. Apparently, had a really tough cut. He only just made it. Uh, Poirier is crying out for the title shot though. I saw on Twitter. <sighs> Again, I think Islam would just wrestle fuck Poirier. Yeah, that would not go well for Dustin. I don't think. I think, do you know what? I think Dustin needs to fight, um, what's his face at 170? Colby. So they've got real They've got real beef, apparently. Oh, yeah, Dustin. Colby Covington. Yeah, and he's not a huge welterweight either, Colby. Um, Dustin's quite a big guy. I think he said that he wears like 180s on fight night at 155 in the cage. So I, I think that would be a great fight at 170, but... Um, for like the next in line to the belt, but they've got um, they've got Masvidal versus uh, Gilbert Burns. Masvidal's fighting mm-hmm. Gilbert Burns. That's a great fight. I think that that'll be. I, I can't really call that. I think it'll be an exciting fight, but I think at this stage in his career, ugh, that's I, it's hard to see Masvidal winning, especially with Burns having gone the distance with Hamzat. Like my my rating of. Gilbert's gone way up since then. Yeah, I, that, yeah, that's a good point. I think his his cardio does 
I mean, it was a wild fight, to be honest, so judging his cardio on that is maybe a little bit harsh, but he did seem to have a few issues. But, uh, Masvidal can strike, and he can go cardio. He, you know, he can do five rounds. But, like you say, I think he's a bit like uh, Chandler, isn't he, Masvidal? He's on sort of the decline or the tail end of his career now. Mm-hmm. Then he just wants to go out in a firework display. Yeah. Which is for the great for the fans. I have to appreciate it a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you, did you guys start uh, speaking English again? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't catch any of that. I was trying to. Do you want uh, us to speak boxing for a little bit? Uh, <laughs> no, it's all right. Uh, <laughs> you haven't got heard of boxing podcasts. Do you want another one? Oh, man. <laughs> I don't think I need more at the moment. Yeah. What, what is, it, is, it, is it speaking of boxing, actually? I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm not trying to glorify my uh, my foresight into the future or anything, but it looks like Fury isn't going to fight Usyk. Probably not. I don't think he wants to. I don't think he ever having, did. Yeah, having said that, he's been talking about Ngannou a lot, and they've all been sort of alluding to it and bigging him up. Do you think that's what Ngannou does next? Do you think he has a boxing bout against against probably Fury? I don't see why not. Would be a good paycheck, good publicity. Would be, but he'd also get absolutely destroyed, wouldn't he? Yeah. The same if he had one with Wilder as well. Yeah, probably. The point I'm trying to make is, he's left the premier MMA organization. Does he end up going to Bellator? Because I don't think long term he's going to do boxing. I think he is going to come back to MMA at some point. Well, he was a boxer originally, wasn't he? No, he's uh. Well, say that, Nathan. Do. Um. I don't think Ngannou's done any boxing. Um, maybe he did a little bit ago, but not, not to any significant degree. I think him fighting Wilder or Fury is pretty possible. Yeah. But I also don't think, as far as raising his profile and making his bank account larger, I think excellent fights for that. But as far as like winning, I, I can't envision him winning against either of those guys. With, with Wilder, there's a chance just because Wilder is like, Wild His defense is so bad, it's like it kind of nullifies the difference coming from MMA to boxing. Yeah, but Wilder, he might hit harder than Ngannou. Like that's not, I don't think that's a hundred percent right. Like you know, if he could, if he catches Ngannou first, fight's probably over. I think that's so. probably the fight to make out of the two, isn't it? AJ, would that be Way better? <laughs> Even AJ, AJ or Wilder versus Ngannou, I think they're they're better fights than Fury and Ngannou. For sure. But as, yeah. uh, do you know what I, I was saying about Ngannou going back to an MMA organization? I just realized he's 36. He's probably only got three or four more bouts left in him, to be honest. So. He might make a. Go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, that, is, wouldn't Bellator be the better move then, since like the competition isn't as stiff? Uh, he'd run through everyone in Bellator. It wouldn't even be close. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's probably something to be said about becoming a champion in another promotion um and if he followed that on by coming back and fighting potentially john jones to reclaim his belt maybe that's his path but you're also you're leaving a lot of money on the table not pursuing boxing which you know i'm not sure what he prioritizes more uh, money or career accolades so just to set the scene as well the heavyweight champion bellator is ryan bader so ryan bader was a light heavyweight and when he was a light heavyweight in the ufc Daniel Cor- Daniel Cormier was uh, he did fight him didn't he remember I think he ran through him if I remember rightly didn't Cormier so, run through everybody pretty it, much except for John, John Jones. Jones except for John yeah. Jones so Bader Bader's lost to Jones he lost to a lot of guys actually <laughs> he he would I guess what I'm trying to say is he won't be a challenge for Ngannou at all if Ngannou goes to Bellator he, he will win the heavyweight belt there what what do you think is going to happen with the uh, Izzy fight? Do you think he can? Do you think he can beat Pereira? Mm, yes, I only say that because he had him really hurt in the first round. But I also think Pereira is the kind of guy he just builds off of his fights. So I I don't know the level of adaption Izzy needs to make. I don't know if he can make that. So at least enough to overcome how Pereira is going to change his game plan and adjust. So I don't know. If I had to put money on it, I'd put my money on Alex, and then I would also bet that he vacates that belt and gets out of there, because 
Mr. He doesn't, want, he doesn't want. He doesn't want to fight Robert Whitaker. I don't think. Uh, Whitaker's. Uh, I'm so mad that Izzy's around because I I really love Robert Whitaker, and he's he's a real problem in the in that in that middleweight division. He he beats everybody but Izzy. On the Pereira fight, Izzy, Izzy was beat was beating him for most of that fight and most of the other fight that they had before outside of the organization. Mm-hmm. It's just these moments where he seems to lapse. So I, I think he can win. Whether I think, like you were saying, whether he will or not, it's, it's hard to call, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Leo, did you happen to catch? Oh, we were on, uh, we were on Discord voice chat for that Pereira fight, weren't we? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, we both watched that live. It was right. It was right at the end of the last round, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Like two minutes yeah. to go in the fight, is he would have been the champ? Fuck. That must be the worst way to lose. Have you, uh, Nathan? I know you. I know you. F- but have you seen what's going around on uh, Twitter with the Fury fight? There's like a leaked script. Yeah, I what? saw that. Oh, for for uh, for the <laughs> yeah. Logan Paul fight or Jake, Jake, Jake Paul? Jake Paul. Yeah, it's like round one, the fighters start off cautiously circling each other. <laughs> and it goes through and then it's like round four, Fury seems to be having trouble with his left eye. <laughs> what, the <fuck? laughs> what the fuck? It seems like something that Jake Paul would put out there as a joke. Yeah. It, do you know what? It looks really official. It does like, look if official. You, if you go to general now, it's it's in there. So, uh, Aziz has just posted it. It says Troop Boxing Promotions in the bottom right. Love that guy. Yeah, he's super cool. Yeah. I say, Leo, you, you've been around well, definitely longer than me, but um, is, there any, is there any things RJ has done in the past that, we, that you know, cool that we've mentioned or I should know about? Next time on Dragon Ball Z. I didn't intend on that being the outro, but it did work out nicely. Thanks for listening to the debut episode of The Ultimate Friendly Casual. If there's something that you need to say that's burning deep down in your loins, I cannot wait. Uh, You can leave a message on our unattended line at 833-589-7637. That's 833-LUXPODS. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lvxentertainment.net. We don't do that here.